Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, please make us instruments by which your will is done on earth. Grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit, and give us the grace that as we study the words contained in, in this devotion, that we will be given grace to put into practice all that we learn. Lord, I pray that you put your words in my mouth. For the sake of the death of your son Jesus on the cross of Calvary, I pray, Lord, that blessings shall be spoken to your children to the end that we all shall be brought nearer to you that our characters may be transformed into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 7 A Home in Trouble And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. Genesis chapter 37 verse 4 The sin of Jacob and the train of events to which it led had not failed to exert an influence for evil, an influence that revealed its bitter fruit in the character and life of his sons. As these sons arrived at manhood, they developed serious faults. The results of polygamy were manifest in the household. This terrible evil tends to dry up the very springs of love, and its influence weakens the most sacred ties. The jealousy of the several mothers had embittered the family relation, and the children had grown up contentious and impatient of control, and the father's life was darkened with anxiety and grief. There was one, however, of a widely different character, the elder son of Rachel, Joseph whose rare personal beauty seemed but to reflect an inward beauty of mind and heart. Pure, active, and joyous, the lad gave evidence also of moral earnestness and firmness. He listened to his father's instructions and loved to obey God. His mother being dead, his affections clung the more closely to the father and Jacob's heart was bound up in this child of his old age. He loved Joseph more than all his children. But even this affection was to become a cause of trouble and sorrow. Jacob unwisely manifested his preference for Joseph, and this excited the jealousy of his other sons. The father's injudicious gift to Joseph of a costly coat or tunic excited a suspicion that he intended to pass by his elder children, to bestow the birthright upon the son of Rachel. Their malice was still further increased as the boy one day told them of a dream that he had had. As the lad stood before his brothers, his beautiful countenance lighted up with the spirit of inspiration. 
they could not withhold their admiration. But they did not choose to renounce their evil ways, and they hated the purity that reproved their sins. The same spirit that actuated Cain was kindling in their hearts. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Home in Trouble. Our key text is taken from the book of Genesis chapter 37 verse 4 which says, And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than, than all his brethren, they hated him. This is referring to Joseph and his brothers. And indeed, there was trouble in the home. Joseph and his brothers were not people were not at peace with each other. And we will see, we know the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold as a slave and suffered, almost killed actually. The intention was to kill him at first, but they didn't kill him eventually. But what was it that led to this? Why did all this happen? We have to trace it back to Joseph's, to their father, Jacob. As we saw in our devotion, it says in Conflict and Courage, page 72, paragraph 2, The sin of Jacob and the train of events to which it led had not failed to exert an influence for evil, an influence that revealed its bitter fruit in the character and life of his sons. So, the evil manifested in the life of the sons of Jacob can be traced back to Jacob himself, his own sin. The train of events that followed that sin of Jacob firstly, trying to take the birthright from Esau by, by, uh, sell, by buying it and giving him a pot of a pottage and also this deception he practiced that day when he pretended to be Esau. This is the scene of Jacob being referred to. Now, the events that followed after that, which means he's leaving his father's house, going to Laban's house, and also marrying two wives, and how he conducted his family when he had married two wives, all of this contributed largely to a very great degree into making his children what they were. So what was it that happened to know the details? You see, as we are studying conflict and courage, it's very important to remind ourselves that as we say, we are studying the stories in the Bible. The Bible says to us in Romans 15 verse 4, all these things, the things that were written aforetime, we are written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. We are studying these things to inspire hope in ourselves. And I'm telling you, you will be inspired with hope. By the time you understand the nature of these people, Jacob and his sons, and realize that eventually they are going to be in the kingdom of God, and you see the similarities in your life and theirs, you see how far they went in sin and wickedness, and then you know that they repented of their sins, and they were transformed, changed into the image and likeness of God. It gives us hope to know that we also, in these last days, doing things to the same degree like these men, can also be saved. That is why we are going through this study. And also, it helps us 
to understand the decisions that we should not make, the mistakes that we should avoid, and tells us the good decisions to repeat. For the case of Jacob, we learn the lesson that we should not be covetous. No matter how we want spiritual blessings, don't go about it in the wrong way. Have the right perception, trust in God, let God bring things to pass and don't meddle into things by deception, by practicing falsehood and uh, all kinds of uh, evil things just to get what you want. It didn't turn out well for Jacob. Like we saw in our devotion yesterday, the Lord had allowed his sin to work out its own correction in him. Only he saw the evil of what he did and corrected himself when he saw the consequences. As he saw the consequences of his sin, he got the correction knowing that he did a wrong thing. While he, 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 the consequence of his cheating Esau was that he had to run away from his home. He didn't see his mother, Rebecca, again. He was living in a life of perpetual fear. If not that the Lord appeared to him that night and guarded him, he was living in fear. And then even when Laban cheated him, he now experienced what his brother experienced and would have known how bitter it was to do what he did. It cor- he got corrected by the things that happened to him after he cheated Esau. One of the things that happened, like I just said now, when Jacob wanted to marry, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 29, reading from verse 17, Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve these seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. Well, Jacob served for seven years and you know the story. Laban was just as terrible as Jacob when it comes to deception. And the Lord permitted Laban to cheat Jacob. And one will wonder, what happened to Jacob that night? How didn't he know that it was Leah that was brought to him that night after they had, well, maybe they had gone into so much revelry and maybe he couldn't tell that it was Leah that was brought to him because the Bible says that when it was time for the marriage in verse 21 and Jacob said unto Laban give me my wife for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her and Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast and it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him and he went in unto her and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah his maid for an handmaid so here he was cheated and he requested that he wanted his real choice which is Rachel back and he had to serve another seven years for Rachel this led him into polygamy for the record you know that what happened here between uh, Jacob and Laban brought about a very uncomfortable relationship between both him and Laban and him and Leah him getting someone that he never chose made him to be in a situation that he didn't like but Jacob should have thought about his life at that time and realized this is what I did to Esau and like his son his sons when they came to Joseph in Egypt and Joseph treated them harshly they they whispered to themselves are we sure is this thing not happening to us because of what we did to our, our brother Joseph and Joseph was hearing them say these things at least they could connect their evil to what was happening to them I believe Jacob should have done this too Knowing very well that you have done the same thing to Esau, in repentance he should have 
been remorseful and said, this is happening to me because of what I did to my brother Esau. Maybe he did, but of course he was angry. Now he felt what Esau felt when he cheated Esau. Finally, he was put into polygamy. He couldn't put away Leah, and at the same time, now he wanted Rachel, and he took the two of them as a wife. The Bible says in verse 30 of Genesis 29, And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son. And she called his name Reuben, for she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. The involvement of the Lord in the house of Jacob is remarkable. The Lord was making decisions in that house, but Jacob seemed not to be getting it yet. The Lord saw that Jacob hated Leah. This is something that we should really be uh, taking note of in our homes, in our lives generally. The Lord is involved in every single decision that is going on and he is watching. As for Leah's case, we could see that her affliction, the Lord took note of it and opened her womb. And Leah wanted to be loved but was not getting it. She prayed for a child, hoping this would make Jacob love her, but it didn't work. When she gave birth to her son, she called him Reuben, which is meaning, my husband will love me. And verse 33, she says, and the Bible says, and she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord had heard that I was hated, he had therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Well, did it work? This child didn't work. It didn't make Jacob love her. And verse 34, and she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time my husband be joined. Now this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. Well, did it work? The third one didn't work. Yet God blessed her again and again. And she conceived again and bare a son and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. It's very easy to pass by these words and not understand what was going on in that family. For every child who is born, their name tells them a history that they never witnessed, the history of their mother being hated. Reuben knows my name is Reuben because my mother was hated. Same with Simeon. Simeon knows my name is Simeon because my mother wanted to be loved but she was hated. And then growing up, he witnesses the neglect. He witnesses the lack of uh, tr treatment that is a wife deserves. He sees it happening with his mother. Levi sees it. Judah also sees it. But not everyone reacts the same way to this kind of rejection and neglect. The children, these boys, knew very well what was going on. Their very names could tell the story that had happened before they were born and also telling the story of what they were witnessing in the home of their mother's neglect. Not just neglect. Neglect is a small word. The Bible says Leah was hated. So, now she's bearing children, expecting to be loved. I've read somewhere that this tender eyes of Leah, I'm not sure if that was what it is really, was the was, it was telling the story of someone who usually was 
easily bursting into tears that she was someone who um, cries a lot and that she wanted to also be a part of that blessing that she knew that Jacob had come for that she knew that Jacob was one who was to be like her aunt Rebecca to continue a particular heritage that was given to the children of Abraham she knew about it she wanted to be part of it the Lord blessed her to be a part of it because when you look at the providence of God in bringing Leah into the family of Jacob and when you look at the events that took place after that in that she is the one who gave it to the son who took the inheritance because this inheritance is transferred from son to son to son eventually transferred to the family of David and then from the family of David we know that the the the, uh, the Messiah was going to be born Jesus was born Joseph being the one selected with the inheritance this spiritual blessing that everyone was coveting now Jacob is having many sons four already eventually he had 12 which one of them will get that birthright one of them only one will get the spiritual birthright the person who got it was this fourth child of Leah called Judah he is the one that got that birthright providence ordered it that it will be so the child the, the one who was hated Leah and when you look at that you will understand that the Lord will bless those who desire to get that spiritual birthright but it was his choice as I'm saying providence ordered that she will be part of Jacob's family now understanding this troubled home and the events that led to it we see one of the things that led to it is polygamy polygamy is always a curse like we read in devotion that this thing called polygamy it tends to dry up the like it says the results of polygamy were manifest in the household this terrible evil tends to dry up the very springs of love and its influence weakens the most sacred ties the jealousy of the several mothers had embittered the family relation the children had grown up contentious and impatient of control and the father's life was darkened with anxiety and grief which children are we referring to here rachel didn't have any child till later much much later the children being referred to here that were affected by the contention in the home between the mothers and seeing their father not even doing as he's supposed to or at least creating some unity in the home it affected them who are the children especially these first ones reuben simeon levi judah and the other children that came from the handmaids they were affected by it the bible says in genesis 30 from verse 1 and when rachel saw that she bare jacob no children rachel envied her sister and said unto jacob give me children or else i die so, so you see that the bible talked about it envy now rachel is loved there's love she's getting the love of jacob and leah is hated but then envy increases with the children leah is giving birth to so instead of love to be in the home there is envy leah herself wanting to be loved by her husband rachel envying her sister because her sister has children and she doesn't have what do you think they should have done in this situation you see polygamy is terrible no matter how we want to look at it and those who are promoting polygamy i can tell you very very straightforward I, I know people pastors promoting that polygamy is not a sin you are just preaching the the the, the, the word of the devil himself you are not speaking as the oracles of God. It is not the Holy Spirit upon you that is saying what you are saying. 
bringing up your carnal desires that is making you say that polygamy is not a sin. Before a man will marry a second wife, has he thought of the train of evil that will come to his home by doing that, claiming that he, he wants to be fruitful and multiply? Has he thought of the fact that he has a wife already and before he chooses another one, he has lusted for, for another woman? And Jesus says, whosoever will look at another woman to lust after her in his heart, is already committing adultery. Jacob was not doing that. His own polygamy was the result of something that was not in his control. It was not out of lust for another woman. It was circumstantial. But there are people today who are pushing this narrative, pushing this message that polygamy is not a sin, but that polygamy is acceptable. Well, I think you should allow your wives to marry a husband too and bring a second man into the house so that he will live with you and then today she sleeps with this man and tomorrow she sleeps with another man. Let me see whether you would say polygamy is not a sin. Because you are looking at it from the perspective of yourself, selfishly as a man, bringing a second woman into the house with your first wife and then you are telling her to live along with you as if there is nothing there. Maybe she should also bring a second husband. Let there be two husbands and two wives in the house. I think maybe our senses will be corrected when that happens. Or maybe even three husbands for one woman and then the man would sleep on the same bed with the other man let me see whether he will allow it oh because you think it is my house that is why you are allowed to have more than one wife and it is not her house i mean it's both of you's house let her marry a second husband into that same house then let's say whether polygamy is a sin or not selfishness carnality the evil nature of man is what is pushing this message those pastors who are saying such things, you ought to repent and stop saying things that the Holy Spirit never inspired you to say. Stop saying things that God never put in your lips, lest you deceive people. Blind guides leading the blind, they will both fall into a ditch. Repent of such statements. I've seen stuff where people are saying these things very strongly. If, if care is not taken, many are going to be accepting it because it's uh, appealing to the carnal nature to go into polygamy but i tell you like we're reading it never ends well polygamy is not good the envy and jealousy going on in in the house of jacob is a warning to us the lord is speaking do not enter into such things and men are not excused saying they want to go and sleep outside say that that's the reason why i'm marrying a second wife so that i won't commit adultery you are still sinning when you marry a second wife now as I was saying, the children of Leah witnessing these things, these, these things brewed in them to bring up bad characters. And what happened later? Rachel gave her. Uh, before I go to Rachel's part, in Genesis 30, verse 2, when Rachel envied Leah and spoke to Jacob, saying, Give me children or I die, Jacob said something which we should take note of. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead? who had withheld from thee the fruit of the womb. When we do not have children, there are many reasons that could cause it. But let none go into the thinking that the devil is the one behind it. There are many medical reasons. And there could also be, as we have seen in the word of God, God himself is can be the one who is doing it. In the case of Sarah, in the case of Rebecca, in the case of Rachel, we see the same thing happening. The Lord is the one who gives children. So, calm down don't blame anybody for having some supernatural power from the devil to stop you from having children there are many medical reasons today why why it happens 
and also like we, we are reading god was the one who shot rachel's womb and if god does something it's for our good because god is good all the time even though rachel didn't see it that way it was to correct her and jacob for hating leah but they were not getting it it continued so since as, as long as it was going on the lord still shot rachel's womb now what happened later rachel gave her handmaid bilha to jacob who gave her to two, two children for bilha and then Leah also gave her handmaid to Jacob, Zilpah. She bore two children for Jacob. And finally, Rachel, the Lord said, God remembered her. And she also was able to give birth to children. We read in uh, Genesis 30, reading from verse 22. It says, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God had taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. So here are some significant points from this tussle. Like we said, God opened Leah's womb and closed that of Rachel. We should learn that the Lord sees the affliction happening around us. If we oppress people like Leah was oppressed, the Lord can come into the situation and also shut our own uh, uh, door where the blessings come to us and we need to repent we need to think about these things and understand that the lord is one who executes judgment and justice for the oppressed if you are oppressed you can plead to the lord like leah did and the lord not only blessed her with children but also blessed her with a child that took the inheritance that jacob had the spiritual blessing was given to the fourth son of Leah. Again, we know that the results of this contention was because of the sin of Jacob. You see, it's inevitable that this contention will produce evil results. That Reuben was even calm, a weak person is a wonder. It was not so with Simeon. Simeon seeing everything going on like the, like we just read the train of events it brought about an influence in his children with a bitter fruit simeon was a violent person he was a defensive protective jealous fellow when people are marginalized they become more protective of their own kind and have some kind of solidarity among themselves you see it today you marginalize certain race like we look at the black race in the u.s marginalized treated badly what does it do it makes them come together it makes them become defensive of their own for example if you use the n-word the white a white person uses the n-word on black folk and it's considered an atrocity but if the blacks use it among themselves it's no problem why because of that same feeling among one another there's that unity among themselves and when it's done by somebody else they become very very sensitive to it Simeon was very sensitive to abuse, very sensitive to um, being treated wrongly, sensitive to oppression. He became that type of person who easily notices when he's maligned, easily notices when he's treated wrongly because of the home he grew up in, in that kind of anger. And how did he display this? In Genesis 34, we see something that happened. Before Joseph was born, the Lord blessed Rachel, blessed Leah, with a daughter if you read genesis chapter 29 verse 
21, it says, And afterwards she, that's Leah, bare a daughter and called her name Dina. This is the only girl in that Leah's family, and you can imagine how protective her elder brothers will be. Simeon was more than protective. It, he took it to another level altogether. Genesis 34 tells us in verse 1, And Dina, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. This is when Jacob had gone to meet Esau in his father's place, Isaac's place. Dina went to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And his soul cleave unto Dina, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel, and spake kindly unto the damsel. And Shechem spake unto his father Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel to wife. Hmm, you can imagine how Jacob's children react to this kind of thing. This was rape here. In verse 13, it says, And the sons of Jacob answered Shechem, because they came to ask for Dina's hand in marriage. But they were angry when they heard that the man had already slept with their sister. Oh, even today, people will be angry with that. And this man uncircumcised man in their mind is coming to ask for their daughter's their sister's hand in marriage okay and the sons of jacob answered shechem and hammer his father deceitfully and said because she has defiled he had defiled dina their sister and they said unto him we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised for that be a reproach unto us but in this will we consent unto you if you will be as we be that every male of you is circumcised then Shechem and Hamor, they agreed, oh, we will get circumcised. And in verse 19, it says, And the young man deferred not to do the thing, because he had delight in Jacob's daughter, and he was more honorable than all the house of his father. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came unto the gate of their city, and communed with the men of their city, saying, These men are peaceable with us, therefore let them dwell in the land and trade therein. For the land, behold, it is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us for wives, and let us give them our daughters. Only herein will the men consent unto us for to dwell with us, to be one people, if every male among us be circumcised as they are circumcised. Shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of of theirs be ours? Only let us consent unto them, and they will dwell with us. What lesson do we hear, learn from here? Jacob represents the church of God because Jacob's, Jacob and his family is God's church. He is the only one representing God in the world at this time. His father, Isaac, also. But not Esau. The only representative of God's church now is Jacob and his children. That is God's church. As clamorous as that church is, yes, it was God's church. These people want to join God's church. But look at the evil mind they have to want to join God's church. They want to marry for the purpose that oh they have some money their cattle is going to be ours let them dwell in our land teaches us the lesson that those who are joining god like in the book pilgrim's progress there were some people who christian met called buy ends hold the world money love and uh, one other person they loved money they would only follow god as much as they are getting blessings they they only join the the things of god because of selfish ends these men were not marrying just because they loved dina but they looked at the wealth of jacob and said oh if we marry this girl the wealth of jacob will become ours little did they know that something terrible was going to happen to them the bible says in verse 25 and it came to pass on the third day when they were sore that the two sons of jacob simeon and levi dina's brethren took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males and they slew Hamor 
and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword, and took Dina out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city, because they had defiled their household. They took their sheep and their oxen and their asses and that which was in the city and that which was in the field and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives they took captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and I being few in number. They shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, Should he deal with our sister as with an halot? Hmm. The Lord graciously protected Jacob anyway. Doing such a thing in the city made the ears of people to tingle, hearing that two men, just two men, Simeon and Levi, slew a whole city. What kind of rage and anger must that have been? The solidarity was more violent than Simeon. He influenced his younger brother Levi to join him to kill a whole city because their sister was raped by Shechem. Seeing the injustice to his mother, he was ever sensitive to injustice himself, but he didn't know how to handle it. As they got older, their sensitivity to abuse and slight was revealed in their relationship with Joseph. We have lessons to learn. Joseph was certainly a different son. He being a loved son, reciprocated by being an obedient son to his father. You see, love begets love. It's not all Leah's children that were terrible anyway. People like Judah, they had something good in them. And also the other children below, they also had something good in them. But majorly, if Simeon was not among those people, Simeon, especially Simeon, if not for him, a lot would have been better in that, in that home. But Simeon was too sensitive to abuse and his reaction to it was always violent and he reveals this over and over why would somebody go as far as killing a whole city why would someone go as far as wanting to kill his own brother that was Simeon doing all those things to show you that this man love had dried up in him but remember the sin of Jacob and the train of events that followed that sin is what made Simeon what he was and Jacob knew all this we are learning a very important lesson here no partiality in the home and the things that we do will come back to haunt us Jacob's one act of deceiving and pretending and stealing from his brother was following him all this while the killing of this whole city by Simeon was caused by that one thing that Jacob did. All these events that's happening, the rape of dinner, all of it in his home, this troubled home, could be traced to that one sin that Jacob did. You don't hear of these kind of things going on in Abraham's home. You don't hear about it happening. The Bible says Abraham commanded his house. The Lord said about Abraham, I know him, for he shall command his household after him to do justice and judgment and mercy. But not so with Jacob. It was his character that was being revealed in the children, amplified, fine-tuned to different levels. This was Jacob 2.0 in Simeon and his children. But we learned the lesson. We should be careful with the things we do. It will affect our children. 
Jacob had sinned, like we read in Patriarchs and Prophet, page 238, paragraph 1, Jacob had sinned and had deeply suffered. Many years of toil, care, and sorrow had been his since the day when his great sin caused him to flee from his father's tent. A homeless fugitive separated from his mother, whom he never saw again, laboring seven years for her whom he loved only to be basely cheated, toiling twenty years in the service of a covetous and grasping kinsman, seeing his wealth increasing and his sons ar- rising around him, but finding little joy in the contentious and divided household, distressed by his daughter's shame, by her brother's revenge, by the death of Rachel, by the unnatural crime of Reuben, Reuben slept with one of his handmaids, by Judah's sin, Judah also, he slept with his son's wife, unknown to himself. By the cruel deception and malice practiced toward Joseph, how long and dark is the catalogue of evil spread out to view? Again and again, he had reaped the fruit of that first wrong deed. Over and over, he saw repeated among his sons the sins of which he himself had been guilty. But bitter as had been the discipline, it had accomplished its work. The chastening, though grievous, had yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness. End of quote. So we can't separate the behavior of Simeon and the other children from the sin of Jacob. We can't separate it. It is Jacob's sin that led to his children doing what they did. The Lord used this to correct him. Not that Simeon had no choice, but God knows that sin doesn't bring good results. There's a reason why God said we should stay away from it. It has its effect. It has its consequences. And God allowed the consequences of the sin um, to correct Jacob. It's not that God made Simeon angry and violent. No. It is the direct result of what Jacob did with Esau and everything that happened in the home. It's a direct result of it. We must learn this lesson. We need to do right. The evil things we do will come back to haunt us one way or another. But the good thing about it is when it does come, it is coming to correct us that we may change from our evil ways. Sometimes we do evil and immediately we get the results, perhaps in sickness or one loss or the other. But some other evil have long-term effect like the one Jacob did. And when these maybe sickness happen or whatever it may be that we see the consequence, it's a time for us to reflect. It is time for us to take a toll in our lives and examine ourselves and say, this thing is happening to me because of what I did. And then repent. That's what we're supposed to do. And Jacob did that. But what's more, Jacob went further. When he's supposed to be changing at this time, he did something wrong against his family. Partiality, as we saw in Conflict and Courage, page 72, paragraph 4. It says, the father's injudicious gift to Joseph of a costly coat or tunic excited a suspicion that he intended to pass by his elder children to bestow the birthright upon the son of Rachel. Their malice was still further kindled, further increased as the boy one day told them of a dream that he had had. So, Jacob was also an accomplice to the anger he kindled in the mind of his elder children by showing partiality in his home. It was unwise for him to do what he did. In Genesis 37, reading from verse 5, Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more 
And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. Yeah, we know the story. Joseph told them of how his own sheaf was standing, and then the rest were bowing to his sheaf. And then later he said, The sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing to him. The brothers knew the interpretation of this and were offended more because of this dream. As we look at this troubled home, we learn these lessons. We shouldn't do we shouldn't show partiality, not just in the home, anywhere. Are you a, an employer? Be just. Be like God. God is no partial God. He gives everyone according to what they deserve. Let us not be partial. And also don't hate or persecute people for righteousness sake. Joseph's brothers hated him and persecuted him because he was righteous. Because of something his father was doing to him. It was not Joseph's fault. Though this on injudicious gift and partiality affected Joseph himself. It made him become very critical of his brothers too. It affected him. But the brothers themselves, how do they react to partiality? How should they react? They should have realized it is not Joseph's fault. But secondly, when they see righteousness in him, it was no reason to hate him, but they hated him more because of his good character. Parents, we are to train our children to endure injustice and oppression. Simeon was not helped by the injustice he was seeing in the home. Uh, but parents, we are to do our best to bring up our children to bear oppression and injustice. Don't manifest uh, a spirit of violence because your children will also take it up. And then there will be this, I want to defend my mother, I want to defend my father kind of attitude in them. And when they are accustomed to doing such things, maybe you as a parent are oppressed. What should you do? Isaac didn't teach Esau and Jacob to fight for him when he is oppressed. He was oppressed. But no time did he take his children to say, fight for me. And then they will, as young people, they'll come and fight for him. Nothing like that. He didn't do that. So we too as parents, even if you are oppressed, don't feel that it's a good thing for your children to perhaps go into violence because they're trying to protect you or something. Teach them in your own character how to bear it. When Jesus was about to be taken, he taught Peter. Peter brought out his sword to defend Jesus. And Jesus says, take back your sword. He taught Peter, that's not how to go about things. And as parents, we also should tell your ch our children when they bring out those insultive words because maybe they think their parents are, or are being insulted or oppressed. You are driving on the road and then something happens to you. Someone insults you and then your children want to fight for you. Tell your children, take back your sword. Don't insult anyone. Don't fight anyone. That way you'll be teaching them to do the right thing. If you're encouraging them the spirit of fighting for you, you will not like what you will see later. Teach them the right thing to bear oppression. They will learn from you to bear it wisely, to bear injustice wisely, to commit it to God so that God will take care of everything. If not, the seed that we sow in them, when we see the fruit of it, it will not taste nice. It will be a bitter fruit. Partiality is another thing you will do in your family that will bring a bitter fruit. May the Lord give us the grace that we will correct ourselves where we have gone wrong in these matters and also learn these lessons through Christ. Let us pray. Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you Lord for this story and the history of things that we see that affect us today. Please, Lord, have we gone wrong in our family government? 
forgive us, Lord. Help us too that the evil things we've done in the past and when we and the consequences of it, that when we see it, we will be corrected quickly and not waste time in our correction, understanding why things happen to us. Give us the grace to bear it, Lord. We know that as you did not reject Jacob, you did not reject us too. But then, even though Jacob was not rejected, he still got the consequences of the sin he committed. Give us the fortitude to bear it, Lord, because we may have already done things that were bearing the consequences of what Lord give us the grace to bear it, that the evil we have done will correct us and we shall come forth as gold, shining and reflecting the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have we, through our sin, made others to become worse people, like it was for Jacob and his sons? Please, Lord, whatever the influence of the things we have done on others to make them negative in character, please forgive us and also touch the hearts of those people we have influenced wrongly to be transformed. Many children, parents are looking at their lives now and realizing that they are responsible for what their children are. Lord, comfort comfort such a soul as they see their error. Give them the grace to know what they can do to try to correct it. And for such children, Lord, bless them. May your spirit be upon them to help them to be transformed into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.